Welcome to the Couch Potatoes. I'm Brett McGarry. This week, one of the biggest movies of the year is out, but it's not being released the way you'd expect. Plus... I'm Jeff Braun. Baby Yoda will be back before Halloween. Disney announcing season two of The Mandalorian. And I finished both seasons of the Karate Kid follow-up series Cobra Kai. And I saw the Christopher Nolan movie Tenet and was left even more confused than Jeff was last week. Now Disney Plus has the biggest release of the week with its once destined for theaters, but now instead available at home, it's the new live-action version of Mulan. There have been many tales of a warrior. She is our protector. I'm Hua Mulan. Rated PG-13. Now it'll cost you $35 to rent it on Disney+, Plus, although it'll be up there for free in a couple of months. The movie was supposed to come out in theaters in the spring and be, you know, one of Disney's big tentpole films, but they pushed it, of course, when the pandemic began. It's a little ironic that they're now putting it out online as theaters have reopened, but it'll undoubtedly uh, be another gauge for how to release new movies. If it does gangbusters, we could maybe see a Marvel movie released the same way one day. And as for that price, again, it's that thing, Brett, where for you or I to go on our own, it would make no sense to rent it solo for $35. But if my girlfriend and her kids came over, it's suddenly much cheaper than if we all went to the theater. And that, of course, makes a lot of sense for kids' movies where it's often a group outing. Although, you know, buddies for a Marvel movie or a James Bond or something, that might work too. Yeah, and I'm just looking at the reviews here, Rotten Tomatoes. It is at, uh, as of Thursday afternoon, 74%. Oh, no, I don't want to... I'm cl- trying to click on it, and it wants to bring up a video. <laughs> I don't want to play a video. I just want to it go to the It always wants page. to play a video. Oh, 77% now. Uh, so we're recording this Thursday afternoon, 77% uh, with 89 reviews reporting. So I have never seen the original 1998 cartoon. So I am, I'm not sure what to do here because I would like to... I want to watch this movie. It looks cool. But I sort of feel... I wonder, like, will I enjoy it? more if I am unfamiliar with the source material, and I think that's the way to go. Uh, But I don't know. I never know what to do with this stuff. No, me neither. But honestly, um, I think I'm not spending $35 to watch it. I'll definitely wait, especially I think I read, and I don't know if it's just in the U.S. or if it's also in Canada, but I think with Disney Plus, it's usually the same that like maybe by December already it'll be free for streaming on Disney Plus. So it's only if you really desperately need to see it this weekend, I think that you want to pay money for it. Yeah, but the Disney will certainly be watching this very closely because, as yeah. you pointed out, if it does well, uh, then I would fully expect that we will see more major releases. Like I know Black Widow, I think, is set to debut in November. I'm just confirming that. Uh, because I think they were talking initially about pushing it all the way to next year, but now it's, it looks like it's scheduled for a November 6th release. Um, but that, that one, you got to imagine, they'll want to keep that in movie theaters because, uh, you know, it's a Marvel yeah, movie. Well, except that so many of the theaters have such little, so few seats that are being sold, right? So if they can, they think they can make like, 
$150 million selling it online. Why wouldn't they just do that, you know? Yeah, and movie theaters, I know we're counting on movies like Mulan to get butts into the seats, so they'll be really yeah. mad if Black Widow uh, doesn't. Because, you know, people will go see that for sure, whatever, how, however many seats are available in yeah. uh, the theater. They'll be full, I would imagine. For sure. All right, what else we got on uh, Netflix this week? Yeah, that was Disney Plus over on Netflix. A couple of interesting new things. There's another space show, a lot of those lately. Not a comedy this time. It's a drama. It's called Away, and it stars two-time Oscar winner Hilary Swank. The only thing I've ever known for sure in my life is that I wanted to be on the first mission to Mars. It's only three years. Okay, I guess I'll miss you. I'll be right back. haven't done anything nearly as dangerous as what we're about to do. Mom, I love you. Why did you have to do this? We will return home. You're my reason. My reason to hold on tight. So Swank plays a woman who leaves her husband and daughter behind to lead this three-year space mission to Mars. I guess we know what's called Away. The husband, by the way, played by Josh Charles. He's always good. And the trailer looks fantastic. I'm definitely going to give this a shot. It looks like a feature film kind of thing, So, but it's a, whatever, 10 episodes on Netflix. That is out now and looks pretty cool. And there's something uh, on the other side of the spectrum here. It's a psychological horror film called... I'm Thinking of Ending Things, starring Jesse Plemons, Jesse Buckley, Tony Collette, and David Thewlis. Jake, my boyfriend. It's snowing. Winter is coming in. We have a real connection. A rare and intense attachment. I've never experienced anything like it. I'm thinking of ending things. Huh? What? Did you say something? I don't think so. People like to think of themselves as points moving through time. But I think it's the opposite. We're stationary. And time passes through us. Blowing like cold wind. Maybe this is how it was always going to end. This is from Charlie Kaufman, the brilliant mind who wrote movies like Being John Malkovich, Adaptation, and the Oscar-winning Eternal Sunshine of the Spotless Mind. A lot of other trippy things as well. That alone makes me want to watch it. I'm a big fan of that guy. But the horror aspect will probably stop me from watching it. It looks like it's about an oddball young lady who meets her oddball boyfriend's oddball parents for the first time. And, of course, nothing is as it seems. And I read one review online. This lady said it was like the scariest thing she'd seen all year. So I probably won't watch that. But I like Charlie Kaufman, but I want to watch it. So I'm surprised you even mentioned it. because Only because it's Charlie Kaufman. And it's got some... Tony Collette and Jesse Plemons, David Thewlis, those are big names. This main girl, Jesse Buckley, I've never heard of her before, but maybe we will soon. And then uh, just rounding out the Netflix stuff, I just noticed it's a new month, so they've uh, bumped up a lot of the new old movies into the list there. All the Jaws movies are on there now, so you could have a marathon of that. You could also marathon the first four Bourne movies, not the fifth one. That was just called Jason Bourne was the fifth one, right? Yep. I've never seen that, That's but that's not on there. Uh, Jurassic Park 5, that's the newest one, is there. 1 and 2 also there. All 
all the Jurassic Park movies are never there together. Same goes with The Godfathers. One and two are back, but I think three is gone. And The Rock stars in Skyscraper. Have you ever seen that one, Brett? Yeah. Yeah, yeah. I've seen it too. And it's actually not... It's it's a bad movie, but it's kind of fun. And it's just The Rock being The Rock for two hours. You can never go wrong with that. So if you're looking for stuff you don't really have to think about over on Netflix, those are some good old movies there. See The Rock and his whole family get tested positive for COVID-19? That's nuts. Yeah, they were they were all well. He says his uh, kids were mostly okay. They just had kind of a sore throat, but apparently he and his wife were uh, down for the count. He Rogue. described it as a doozy. So that was about, I guess, nearly three weeks ago that they were diagnosed. They they all got infected by some very close friends, and uh, I guess he just kind of went into isolation for a couple of weeks and while he dealt with that. So that's weird. The Rock. It's it, hard to imagine the Rock being <laughs> taken down by anything, but here that's we are. That's what I was thinking. And uh, the Rock's sick. I mean. That can't be a pretty sight. Yeah. Hey, I wanted to mention as well some stuff coming to Prime Video. So the as of September 1st, so a couple of days ago, Buffy the Vampire Slayer seasons 1 through 7 went up on Prime Video and Top Gear seasons 1 through 13. I know that's a very popular show around the world if you're into that kind of stuff. And then out this weekend, season 2 of The Boys. First three episodes are available, and then new episodes will be released every Friday. I've heard nothing but good things about the boys if you like superhero stuff. Because, I, I, well, here, let me just pull up a synopsis. Yeah. Because yeah. It, it, I believe that it's a show about, so it's an American, here, I'll just pull up the, the Wikipedia. The Boys is an American superhero web television series developed for Prime Video based on the comic book of the same name. And it follows a team of vigilantes as they combat superpowered individuals who abuse their abilities. So I heard season one is great. Carl Urban, who played uh, Judge Dredd in the, mo the movie a few years back, Dredd. Or you might know him best as Aomer from... Uh, Lord of the Rings. That's right. He's apparently Master excellent. Master the Rohirrim. That's right. He, and he does indeed. <laughs> so I think I've been, I've been wanting to watch this for a while. So maybe I'll check that out. The, the Vin Diesel movie Bloodshot is out. And uh, The Good Fight is also available now. That you can pick that up through the Stack TV package. It's twelve ninety nine a month via the Prime Video channel. So like if you're looking to cut the cord, but you still want access to some TV channels like Global and all of their, all of their channels or all of their family of channels, you can do that through Amazon. And then just putting this on the radar, it's happening September 14th. The Golden Girls seasons Hello. one through seven is going to be made available on Prime Video. So there you go. That's Some a good show. Yeah. 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 That was classic. I, I'd be curious to know how much of it would be acceptable now the the humor because the, the those girls got pretty racy at times that was some raunchy stuff in there or at least it seemed raunchy we were we were little kids when it was on so maybe it seemed raunchier to us than it actually was yeah but I mean, even in the context of what like what not not so much the sex stuff but i'm curious to know like i don't remember the diatribes that sophia went on but i'm sure a lot of it was racist uh <laughs> in, in so but whatever you, it's impossible to avoid that yeah. kind of stuff but i know a lot tons of fans of the golden girls so heads up for that up next speaking of streaming i gotta tell you about the i finished Cobra Kai. Last week, I'd only watched, I think, three episodes or four episodes. Well, I immediately went home and finished it. I'll tell you about that, and I will tell you just how confusing Tenet really is. Um, Jeff said, Jeff was unsure. I am sure. I am completely confused by this movie. In fact, I'll tell you why I gave up on it. You're listening to The Couch Potatoes. I'm Brett. He's Jeff. We are The Couch Potatoes. Last week, 
Christopher Nolan's Tenet opened in Canada and internationally ahead of its American release, which is this weekend. Jeff, you saw it. What did you think of it? Yep. Uh, I enjoyed the parts I understood. I was largely frustrated, though, having to strain to try to hear what characters were saying. And, I mean, that's just not a fun movie experience when you... You, like it, if you if everyone's dialogue was crystal clear, it would still be a confusing movie. But add to the fact that you could that you just couldn't hear so much of what people were saying, it was infuriating. All right. Well, here's what I had to say. But first, a clip just to reset the mood. All I have for you is a word. Tenet. Use it carefully. We are being attacked by the future. Time travel. No. Inversion. They're streaming back at us. To our eyes, movement is reversed. Whoa. What do you think you are, Neo? Come on, JDW. <laughs> what is it, John David Washington? Yeah. Okay, Denzel Washington's son. Uh... So you last week were unsure if you liked it or if you didn't like it. You were unsure if it was good or bad. And I I can't offer any sort of an opinion because I flat out gave up on this film 30 minutes in because... You, so you, you texted told, me while you were watching it. I couldn't believe it. That was amazing. Yeah, oh, I was. I think it was actually outside. <laughs> I was. Uh, I took a breather because I needed to stretch my legs. And uh, and it was actually during the movie Tenet when I learned that Chadwick Boseman had died. So I went back into the movie and had to. I wanted to tell my friend, but I didn't want to throw him off the movie. So we had to wait till right. for forty five minutes to to share that tragic news. But. Yeah, so you had warned me about the masks, about characters wearing masks, and that it's hard to, to hear the dialogue. I couldn't understand more than half of the dialogue. Now, I don't know if it was where I was sitting in the theater. We were in the back row. I don't know if it was the sound in this particular theater, but I couldn't understand anything, and neither could my friend. And it was so muffled, and I was so confused because I had no idea what was going on because I couldn't hear anything. 30 minutes in, I just gave up. I took a nap. I went for, <laughs> I, I left the theater twice just to stretch my legs and get out and get some fresh air. I said, to heck with this. I'm, I'm, my buddy's invested in this, clearly. I'm not. I couldn't care less about what was happening in that film. And I, even That's if amazing. I did know what was happening, I found the action, while it was neat, I just didn't, like, I didn't understand how... Some people are moving forward and some people are moving backward. Like it was an ambitious visual uh, achievement. And I would like to rewatch this at home with subtitles and where I can press pause and Google stuff and figure out what's happening. But in the meantime, I just, I, I can't recommend, I cannot recommend going to see Tenet in a movie theater unless it is one of those movies that has subtitles. Like sometimes there are screenings with subtitles, right? Yeah. Well, that's what I was going to say is the big winners here are the people who don't speak English. People in, I don't know, Germany who are watching it with German subtitles. They'll catch all the dialogue. They'll understand what's going on. Yeah. So, And I understand as well that you read some... Uh, chat rooms or whatever, threads online regarding, yeah. uh, I guess, American audiences who are excited and all the Canadians are saying, hang on. <laughs> yeah, I was like, temper your expectations. You're just going to get 
frustrated coming out of that thing. So who, we'll see if it's, like you said, opening in America this weekend, what, what people say about the, down there. And it is, by the way, at uh, 75% on Rotten Tomatoes. I just wanna, Less than it was a week ago. Yeah, so meanwhile, as mentioned, Chadwick Boseman, I was stunned, as, as was the world, stunned to learn this, yeah. that he had colon cancer. No one had any idea. And the movies he has made over the last four years while dealing with that is crazy. To make those action movies, the Black Panther and obviously the subsequent Avengers movie, that's insane to do that. Like you, even when you're fully healthy, you still have to be like peak physical form because you know you got to have like the bod for it. Like I, I'm, I was just flabbergasted, but I didn't even know what to say about it. I watched the Black Panther and his uh, Jackie Robinson movie 42 last weekend as a kind of a tribute to him. It was those are good. He's he's such a he was such a good actor. He's he's left some great movies in his wake at least yeah he says playing black panther was the honor of his life and he was such a bright talent i was looking i feel like his career was just getting started so yep. it's too bad but uh, he did such a wonderful job in every movie he's in so uh, something to to now cherish and treasure the the work that he has that he did bring into the world up next, it's been months since Jeff and I have seen each other because he's working from home. I'm at the studio, but in a moment, he's going to propose we never see each other again. You're listening to The Couch Potatoes. I'm Brett. He's Jeff. We are The Couch Potatoes. I still have to tell you what I think of Cobra Kai because I have finished seasons one and two. It is the number one show on Netflix this week. Details on that shortly. But first, Jeff Braun has wants to give us a little bit of a history lesson. Well, yeah, there's a new movie uh, out this weekend in theaters, and it's called The Personal History of David Copperfield. Whether I turn out to be the hero of my own story, or whether that station will be held by anybody else, these moments must show. My boyhood days seem now like a scarcely believable fiction. London is full of wonders and wickedness. And it's ours, David, to go wherever we choose. Well, I'm not down there. Creditors make that road impossible. Two tailors and a most unreasonable muffin man. Copperfield! Your mama is ill. How old is she? Very ill. Very ill. Very ill. Very ill. Dangerously ill. She's dead. We're very sorry. The personal history of David Copperfield stars Dev Patel as David Copperfield. Hugh Laurie and Tilda Swinton are in it too. I guess I should say right up front, it's not about the magician. It's uh, based on the Charles Dickens book from 1850. And uh, looks like it's about a, a young man with a tough childhood making his way in the world today, giving it everything he's got. <laughs> <laughs> I, I didn't look up too closely what the plot was because I didn't want to be spoiled, Brett. Uh, it's like Little Women. I'll be going into... This one fresh, even though the story's, you know, closing in on 200 years old. It was supposed to come out in North America in May. It had already had a theatrical run in Europe last winter. So while it will be new to us, it's not really new. The good news is it's from Armando Iannucci, who's a big name in British sitcoms. And in fact, he created Veep for HBO, so he knows what funny is. It's at 93% on Rotten Tomatoes, and that's with... Over 150 reviews in the can already, mostly British ones, obviously. Uh, I very much want to check it out. The screening schedule looks like it is going to be working against me this week because my girlfriend wants to see it too, and for the both of us to have time to go, it, uh, there's, there's only if, the window is much smaller than if I was going on my own, but she'll get mad if I go see it without her. But I will be checking this one out in the weeks ahead. It's called The Personal History of David Copperfield, and it looks like a lot of fun. Just be a rebel and go without her. 
Oh, you're trying to get me in trouble, man. Yeah, do it. Just go by yourself. Show no mercy. Speaking of that. <laughs> Cobra Kai is back where it belongs. Back on top. But the real story's only just begun. Thought you were dead. <laughs> Cobra Kai never dies. So last week I told you how I started watching Cobra Kai on Netflix, which is a follow-up series 34 years after the original Karate Kid saga. And I thought it was dumb when I first heard they were doing this. It started on YouTube Premium, which I think became YouTube Red, or was it YouTube Red and then it became Premium? Whatever. It was a YouTube series, and now it is on Netflix, and they've got seasons one and two both available. And when this show debuted, it debuted to massive critical acclaim. Season one was 100% on Rotten Tomatoes, and I agree. It was season one is one of the best seasons of television I have ever watched period. And I don't say that with hyperbole. I know I get sometimes a little overexcited about things in a particular moment. And uh, I also acknowledge that uh, this was a huge part of my childhood. So of course, I am very much attached to this. But the fact that it is at 100% means I'm not alone. Like this is a great, great show. Season two kind of ups the ante in terms of its stakes. I don't think season two was as good because one of the reasons I liked season one is I just thought it was so well written. Um, there is some overacting, like Ralph, Ralph Macchio is a bit campy. He's, he, he does push it a little much, but it's not his show. It's more Johnny Lawrence's show, actor William Zabka. He's the main guy in this, so I don't mind that there's overacting around him. Yeah, but season two, just some of the writing was lazy, and uh, but the action is good. You know, like all the fight scenes in this show are really really good so this is the show that really blew me away it's been on my radar for two years finally got around to watching it i love it can't wait for season three but unfortunately netflix is holding off on releasing it because they want to build up their audience for seasons one and two and then they can release it next year presumably to more pandemonium to more hoopla and it is the number one show on netflix right now trending in canada so yeah cobra kai the karate kid I binged that hard over the weekend. I finished, uh, I think I watched, I got home uh, after the couch potatoes and I finished season one and I think I was finished season two by last Saturday. So, oh my gosh, I, uh, I like Cobra Kai. <laughs> That's good. That's impressive. It makes me want to go watch or not go watch it. Stay home and watch it. I did go and watch something at the movies this week, right? I saw a Canadian movie, eh? It's called, I Propose We Never See Each Other Again After Tonight. Oh, Jeff! I think you're mistaking me for someone else. I'm sorry. So sorry. 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 I'm sorry. Sorry about that. I'm sorry. I... Just for tonight. I don't need to know your last name. You don't need to know mine. You ever been in a three-way? Uh, with you? Yeah. What? It's not weird. It is weird. It's not weird. Yeah, it's ridiculous. I always wish that I was that girl. The one that makes the wild choices. You think I'm moving too fast? I think you're moving way too fast. Oh, yeah, shake time. Yes, leave the city. Go, you do a road trip. I'm going on a trip. It's like stretching our wings, right? It's like so in the wild oats. Who says that? 
I Propose We Never See Each Other Again After Tonight is written and directed by Sean Garrity. It stars Hera Nalum and Christian Jordan. This was a pretty wild experience, Brett, for a couple of reasons. Now, the movie was shot in Winnipeg, where we both live, which I knew going in, but I was surprised to find out the movie is also set in Winnipeg. That's pretty rare. A lot of movies are shot in the peg, but outside of, you know, Guy Madden's My Winnipeg, I don't think I've actually seen a movie set here in the city. And they really lean into the winter of it all. It takes place in February of 2019, judging by the calendar on the kitchen wall in the movie. So that brings with it a bunch of fun things, mostly identifying, you know, the landmarks and scenery, as well as looking into the background of crowd scenes for familiar faces. And I wondered how many people in the theater I was in watching it were actually people that were in the movie or had worked on the movie. I imagine there must have been a couple. I mean, if I were in a movie, even as an extra, I'd definitely go to the theater to watch that movie a couple of times, probably. The other reason it was such an interesting watch for me, Brett, is that the main character is of Mennonite heritage and also grew up two towns over from the small town where I was born and raised as a Mennonite. It really did further drive home, you know, the point of representation matters because, I mean, you just never see Mennonite characters in anything. Now, while the character said he's Mennonite, there wasn't really anything specifically Mennonite about him, which is the case for a lot of Mennonites, but it was still kind of neat. And the real good news, of course, is that the movie itself is actually pretty good. It's a romantic comedy about a young man and a woman who meet and fall in love and have a few ups and downs as their relationship progresses. It's sort of a when Harry met Sally with snowplows and Canadian accents, which was why is it when I watch a Canadian show or movie, people really sound like they have a Canadian accent, but when I'm out in the real world of Canada, I don't actually hear that, regardless of where I am in the country. Some spots have regional accents, and I mean, there's is a very thick Mennonite accent out there in my gang of friends, but the TV movie flat Canadian accent just always floors me. Maybe it's just that we're used to Hollywood made films and television shows that. Anything outside of that seems a little foreign, even when it's as local as can be. Also, instead of a hailstorm of sharp, tight Billy Crystal one-liners, it's more of a natural style of acting. The characters are pretty awkward with each other a lot of the time. It's an interesting story of getting to know someone, falling hard, making mistakes, trying to atone for those mistakes and forgiveness. It takes a few turns I wasn't expecting, which was nice, and it sort of has you wondering if they'll make it all the way through. The character's pretty interesting, especially the woman, Iris, and her relationship, not only with the guy whose name is Simon, by the way, but also with her family. Her family is Filipino, which, like Mennonites, is a pretty common thing here in Winnipeg. And it really is a Winnipeg movie. The climax is set at a wedding social, which, for those listening in other parts of the country, is a big dance that uh, a bride and groom throw in the weeks or months before their wedding to raise money. You buy a ticket, you sit at a long table and have some drinks and eat some dance. Uh, there's auction prizes. It's a lot of fun. Simon also has a sidekick friend. Uh, we heard in the clip they're talking about uh, <laughs> three people together, who's pretty crazy and accounts for the majority of the bad words in the movie, which is for grown-ups only, I should point out. There's swearing, nudity, a lot of adult themes, that sort of thing. I laughed out loud a few times. I was interested in the characters. I will admit for me, though, the big draw was how local it was. If it were set in, say, Fredericton, New Brunswick, I probably would not have enjoyed it as much. But I thought it was still a good watch. My recommendation would be, if you live in Winnipeg or Morden, Manitoba, definitely check it out at the theater. Uh, it's playing at the drive-in in Morden this weekend, by the way. If you live in another part of the country, I would still recommend it, but you could probably wait until it's available to rent at home. It is also playing now in Vancouver and Toronto, and uh, the Facebook page for the movie sounds like they yet may may yet expand into some other cities, so watch for that. Again, it's called I Propose We Never See Each Other Again After Tonight, 
long title, and I'll give it three and a half couch cushions out of five. All right, up next, we have some exciting news about one of the coolest shows to arrive in 2019. You're listening to The Couch Potatoes. I'm Brett, he's Jeff. We are The Couch Potatoes. Great news this week about the return of one of last year's coolest shows. Not even a pandemic and television production shutdown can keep Baby Yoda down. A new season of The Mandalorian is going to arrive next month. An announcement of the Star Wars Twitter account on Wednesday said new episodes would be available on Disney Plus starting on October 30th. This was created by Jon Favreau, the first live-action Star Wars television series ever, and it became a major hit for Disney Plus at its launch. It follows a stoic, duty-bound bounty hunter and his quest to protect a small being who's been christened by fans as Baby Yoda. The diminutive yet forceful character designated the child by producers leapt into pop culture and meme stardom after its reveal at the end of the first season's first episode. The Mandalorian's debut season is actually going to vie for a Best Drama Emmy Award later this month, and the status of a second season debut had been unclear with industry-wide production shutdown because of coronavirus. The show is created with virtual production techniques, including LED video walls that display alien landscape backgrounds. So the announcement tweet did not contain any footage or other details, only the show's title screen with the Mandalorian and Baby Yoda characters in silhouette. But knowing our luck, Jeff, uh, this weekend, or probably even Thursday evening, because we record this Thursday afternoon, (laughs) Thursday evening, they'll probably release a trailer for season two of The Mandalorian. Yeah, why not, right? That's always how it goes. Yeah. Love this music, by the way. So I'm jacked for this. Like, this, I did not care about this show at all. I wasn't excited for it. I didn't even watch, bother watching the trailer until, I think, two days before the show arrived. I just, I figured, this is stupid. Like, I, 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 I've had enough Star Wars. But I watched it, and yeah. I fell in love with it instantly. It was a fun show, and like you said, it was so unexpected. It's basically, it's, a lot of it felt like, like a Western, except set in space. And it was just, it was super cool, and it wasn't, the episodes weren't really long. Like, a lot of times we complain on these streaming shows that they just, when they've got no restraints on time or number of episodes, it just goes too far and things drag out, and Mandalorian didn't do that at all. You mentioned that it is super cool. How about super natural? I control space and time. They think they can kill me? My entire life, you've kept me safe. It's you and me. Our last chance, our one shot. You're shouldering a great burden. We don't have a choice. The whole mission is saving the world. This is where it ends. Ah! It's time. Supernatural! The CW announced this week the final seven episodes will start airing on October 8th, Thursday, October 8th. This is a show that is in its final season. It was steamrolling ahead towards its series finale. They had two episodes left to film, and then they had to shut down because of COVID-19. There was speculation that they might actually make more episodes, but they're just moving ahead with what they had scheduled. So seven episodes left. And I can't wait. I love this show. It's one of my favorite shows of all time. And yes, as you heard in that clip, they have to fight God. Just 
Don't even ask. They figure out a way to make it work. And also because Supernatural was delayed, Jared Padalecki, who plays Sam Winchester, his next show was delayed as well, Walker, Texas Ranger. But in the meantime, I can't wait to watch the final seven episodes of Supernatural. I'll tell you what I've been watching lately, and honestly, I sort of started last year, but I've been watching Tony Scott movies a lot during this pandemic. Last year, I saw Top Gun for the first time. I rewatched True Romance. And during this pandemic, my go-to has been Tony Scott a lot of the time. I've just not been in the mood for, you know, sad movies or weird artsy-fartsy things. It's just too heavy for summer and for the pandemic. I've been working at home since March. I've had a lot of time on my hands. Just been digging action movies that aren't big aren't just big spectacle set pieces stuff that's a little more plotty that engages you beyond just the eye candy i also rewatched you know beverly hills cop 2 and unstoppable this unstoppable this year the runaway train movie and i've seen a few for the first time like enemy of the state and crimson tide and this past week i watched man on fire with denzel washington pizza run now i'm gonna go get her i don't want to miss in my way and when I was involved, anybody would profit from it. Anybody would open their eyes at me. Then you kill him. Stay out of his way. I got all the time in the world. You don't, but I do. Creasy's art is dead. He's about to paint his masterpiece. Man on fire. Angry, vengeful Denzel Washington is good to watch. I gotta watch those Equalizer movies. I also watched Spy Game with Robert Redford and Brad Pitt. Not as good as I was hoping, but still pretty good. And you know what? All these Tony Scott movies are good. They probably will never make my top ten list, but they're solid. Even as a take in the Pelham 123, which I saw in theaters years ago, was fun. Despite Travolta being very Travolta in it, if memory serves, Brent. And that Unstoppable movie is a movie that I watch, I think, once a year. It's one of those movies that where I enjoy it more every year, although the one thing I don't enjoy about Unstoppable is the the, the, the news cut-ins. They're just <laughs> yeah, that's ridiculous. Yeah, they're they're pretty. It's it's sort of a pedestrian way I think to tell a story, but it is a fun popcorn movie. In fact, that's the movie yeah. that made me start eating popcorn again. Anyway, that's a story for another time. That's all the time we've got. I'm Brad. He's Jeff. We are the Couch Potatoes. Remember, if it requires getting up off the couch, don't bother.